Hey, this is Zach Mathis, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. California. Welcome to Friars on the Farm, episode 151 episode of Friars on the Farm, and I'm here with Roy. Hey, a little California love for us today. California love. And the reason, the occasion, that is the walk-up song for our uh, our guest today. Yeah, yeah. I talked to Zach Zach Mathis this weekend, and um, on Saturday, you were you were dispo- indisposed. I don't know, disposed or indisposed, whatever that is. I'm disposable. Um, it's okay. <laughs> no, you're not disposable. You're very essential. Um, and dude, we just wrapped. Like, it. I mean, it, it just went on forever and we just chatted and chatted and chatted and it went on for like an hour. Well, I, my favorite part of these conversations is that we get to know the person a right. little bit, you know, we right. get to share with everybody so that they're not just somebody in a uniform out there. They're, right. you know, they have interests, they have a family, they have backgrounds, they have, you know, so that helps, that helps me become a fan of the person as well as the player. Absolutely. And it's not so cut and dry. Like you get these canned answers. So what are you working on in the summer? Well, I'm trying to do my, you know, and you get these canned answers. He's like, it, it took him a minute to answer some of the questions because we were just, it was just a conversation we were having. And uh, there's some really good information in there. He, um, a little bit of a preview. He, uh, you know, he spent like three days. He started in Lake Elsinore, went to El Paso for like, a, not even like a sip of coffee. <laughs> he was in two games, thought he was just going to catch bullpens, uh-huh. um, ended up at the same time Austin Nola was rehabbing and spent a few days just watching that guy do what a major leaguer does. And it's a really interesting um, conversation we have because it talks about development and, and where guys are from where he was in Lake Elsinore to all of a sudden he's in AAA area and seeing what those guys do. And then he gets sent back. And then, right. Then he gets <laughs> So I guess the lesson is never fully unpack your bags. Right. Pretty much. As a minor league, you don't. Uh, speaking of which, uh, before we bring Zach on, let's talk about um, let's talk about the housing for minor league baseball. Yeah, there's there's a little bit more news coming out. A couple of interesting articles came out this week. Well, you know, remember that came out? It was like, uh, all right, they're going to supply housing. Mic drop. We're done. Right. It's over with. Yeah, but it's never that simple. There's <laughs> there's more to it. There's always layers of complexity to anything. Um, and the players want to make sure that it's done right. Right. And there are people with concerns that major league baseball might try to cut a few corners like they're known to. Right. And that's what the kind of, so, so advocates from minor leaguers looked it over and, you know, they released a full statement and they found some loopholes. This, this article is in the athletic. It was written by Evan Drellich, who's been doing an amazing job covering a whole bunch of different topics. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is from, um, advocates from minor leaguers. We need to hear the details and make sure that the, this policy is implemented in the right way, that the housing policy does, in fact, work for every minor leaguer, said Harry Marino, Advocates Executive Director and a former minor leaguer himself. After looking at the policy a little closer, it was determined we saw some loopholes and some potential issues that were going to arise, said Joe Hudson, a catcher who's been up and down between the majors and the minors and a member of Advocates for Minor Leaguers Steering Committee. I talked to countless guys for months. So the the points that they kind of highlighted, the, the weak points here, teams can put two players to a bedroom. There is a lack of specified accommodations for players with spouses and children, and teams can use hotel rooms rather than providing standard apartments or homes. 
I guess there's a, a varying level of, um, I guess, importance or alarm right. to each of those. Right. The one that stands out to me is the, the spouses and yeah. the kids. Um, is the team responsible for housing the family as well? Yeah. Are they responsible for making a special accommodation for them? Um, Cause I could see like, take, for example, you've got Fort Wayne where they have those quads. Yeah. And so what if you've got three 20 year old kids and then a 30 year old veteran? Now it's a little bit of a stretch, but right, you do right. have that happen. Like in double a uh, Joe Bimo was there all last year and he's 40. Right. 42, 40 yeah. something. This kid's already grown up, I think. <laughs> yeah. And so then maybe you've got one person with certain living style and you're trying to put him in the same apartment, the yeah. same living situation as others that maybe are a little bit louder or yeah. they stay up late or, you know, you've got you've got clashes. No, absolutely. So you have, you know, how it works out is, OK, Donovan and Roy live together and they're in their, you know, they're two, they're sharing a unit. But Roy has, you know, a wife and kids and her dog. So do and Donovan's all, allergic to kids and dogs, right? It, well, and so do you guys all three <laughs> sleep in one bed or is the kid going to be on a couch? Like that's, that's a serious question. Cause a lot of these guys, like you said, in, in a ball in in high a, there's none of that. But once you get to double a and you've been in the system and you've been growing as a man, you know, you get family, you get kids, you get, mm -hmm. you know, in triple a, certainly most of those guys are starting to begin to have a family because it is their job and they have a career and, it makes a difference. It, it makes a huge difference for sure. And if they don't like it, they opt out and then that's it. Like they have to take care of themselves. And that's where I think they really have the issue is like, Hey, this isn't working for me. Well, that's what we're offering. So if you, yes or no. Right. And so the all or nothing thing that that wouldn't work. So I think what they're asking for is the option to have some sort of an, a housing allowance yeah. um, to, to offset the cost. Uh, and I've seen some, I saw, I was reading through the comments in this and there are people saying, well, okay, just give everybody a, a, a flat rate allowance. Well, that doesn't really work because right. you've got one team that's in Wichita where it's not expensive to live. And then you've got single a San Jose, you've got the Brooklyn Cyclones where it's incredibly expensive to yeah. live. Yeah. And on top of that, the difficulty of having to sign a lease for an apartment. And then what if you're sent to triple a? Yep. And now you've got to find somebody else to take over your lease. Um, so one thing that has come out of this, it sounds like baseball, the, the major league organization is going to be responsible for the leases, the apartment leases one way or another, right. um, which takes that off the, the player. And just the process of finding a place to live, furnishing it, you know, signing up for utilities yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, you, that's, that's so obvious to, to a lot of us, but if you have to get all that done in a couple of days and you got all this stuff, other stuff going on, and then, you know, in the back of your mind that there's a chance you may have to cut out of here before your, your lease is up. Yeah. I, that, that, that's definitely tricky. It, it is. And, and you have to have, so it, it's not, it has to be flexible, but it definitely has to have, it has to be kind of not the same for everyone, but it has to be set. So you can be set, but flexible. What I mean by that is like, if, if what if I do get married in midway through the season? Yeah. I'm getting married. And, and, and then all of a sudden my living situation changes. Mm -hmm. I have to be able to be given that flexibility of having my own place or being able to have accommodations for my, my new family. Right. Right. So go ahead. So, well, so they're, you know, they, in their statement there that we call a major league baseball to update its stipend and reimbursement policy and to choose these three loopholes and to close these loopholes. Advocates wants players to have the choice of receiving a housing stipend or reimbursement if they don't find the MLB provided lodging to be sufficient. And right now it's like either you opt in 
or opt out. It's very binary. Right. Right. So unless you're somebody who made a huge bonus or you've got backing outside of the team that can, that can help pay for those costs, you're on your own. And that's, that's rough. Also what I found was the, uh, the more than baseball tweeted a nice thread and I, and I put it here on the agenda, um, MLB teams pursuant to the updated MILB housing policy are mandating minor leaguers either live in team provided housing or pay their own living expenses for spring training. Okay. Spring training players aren't paid at all. Right. They get meal money. Right. That's it. This wouldn't be so bad if the team provided housing for was livable. It isn't a thread. Most teams require players to live in team hotels for Tampa Bay Ray players. This means sharing a room and the days in for a month with no access to a kitchen, no grocery store and walking distance and restrictions on air conditioning use restrictions on air conditioning <laughs> use. That, that that's, that's an interesting little caveat there. Dude, that's like me and Liddy, like, no, just put a blanket on. Like it's like that's really expensive to run the heater, right? And that shouldn't be an issue. Well, and the access to a kitchen—it seems right. like a simple thing, but in these remember, these are supposed to be professional athletes. They're supposed to eat like professional athletes. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you go to McDonald's or you get Domino's pizza and then yeah. you reheat it. There's a certain standard of diet that they're that they should maintain, and it doesn't take a lot of money. It can be as simple as some vegetables, some chicken breasts, and some rice. You know, that's the kind of yeah. diet a lot of guys maintain. But you need a stovetop to do that. So most teams require players to live in team hotels. Sorry, teams across minor league baseball bar family members from living with players in team housing. This means that players with families have two choices: one, live away from their families for a month; two, pay out of pocket for their housing. Keep in mind that players make zero money during spring training, which we've we've uh, we've said. Uh, teams are effectively punishing players financially for having families. Teams have turned spring training from unpleasant to nearly unlivable. According to MLB housing policy update, teams are expected to provide players with housing with a kitchen. Teams are already cutting corners for spring training housing. Marlin players will be living in the Palm Beach Gardens Marriott, which has no rooms with kitchens. Players have no current recourse for team violations of housing policy, but we will continue to lift, uh, lift up player voices and work with our friends at MLB Advocates. So their point is that, so this proposed housing uh, policy requires kitchens during the regular season, yeah. but it, it says nothing about spring, spring training, training, fall instructs, any other, uh, I, I guess it's voluntary baseball operations, but it's pretty much mandatory. Yeah. You know, if your boss says, we really want you to be here for this and you say, well, if you're not going to pay me, then I'll see you in April, then you might not have a place to go come April. It pretty much. And yes, they get fed in spring training, but you know, after the games are done in the afternoon, you know, whatever, if you're not having a game that night, you have to eat dinner. Right. And going out, eating at Applebee's, isn't a really good option for, for a high caliber athlete. But then at the same time, we've heard plenty of stories. And I think you've witnessed this yourself. You go out to spring training and you're hanging out at Peoria all day. And then you go to whatever's around the corner. I think right. there is an Applebee's right there. Yeah. And I know that uh, like what, Perdomo, Luis Perdomo yeah. and Gabriel Arias and a couple of those guys, they've been seen sitting at a table by themselves yeah. having dinner. And so they're spending their meal money which is fine. And I know right. that there's food available at the complex, uh, but 
if there was a kitchen available, maybe they would be able to go back and cook themselves food. And if they have family with them, then, you know, the family can help prepare the food. I right. with, especially in the Latin culture, that's a big thing. You've yeah. got your aunt, you've got your grandma and she makes your food and it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Yeah. They're not selling a lot of Dominican Republic, you know, our little Central American cuisine at Applebee's no. or in and out. No. Um, very true. You know, and, and that's, and that's along with that brings comfort, it brings familiarity, it brings a little bit of of home with you having mm-hmm. a kitchen. Right. So um, what what amount of that cost should fall on the major league organization? I guess that's up to debate, but there's a certain minimum level that they that it it's just, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. It's it's not a matter of legally what are they required to do because they're already satisfying the legal requirements and they've kind of undercut a lot of that with this antitrust exemption that they've got. So that's kind of beside the point. To be continued. So we'll definitely keep you guys appraised on that. And thank you for MLB advocates and more than baseball to keeping the pressure on Major League Baseball because I know that the regular Joe Schmo that barely pays attention goes, well, they're paying for housing. Well, hold on. Tap the brakes. Yep. So we'll have more uh, on that later as the season continues. Um, right now, let's bring on Zach, Zach Mathis. Mathis. Let me welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. A state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. The track hits your eardrum. Zach Mathis was signed as an undrafted free agent out of LSU in the COVID short draft season in 2020. He got a first taste of pro ball in Lake Elsinore, then Fort Wayne via a quick stop in AAA El Paso. With the 10 caps, the Stockton native hit 265, 355, 395, 397, and played a solid third base. He joins us here on Fires on the Farm. Welcome via Hawaii, dude. Zach Mathis. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Hey, so Stockton boy, how the hell did you end up in Hawaii? Uh, so my uh, my girlfriend, she was living in Albuquerque last year, and she wanted to get out. You know, she wanted to go somewhere by the beach and stuff. She went to Monterey Bay, so, you know, she loves the beach, loves the ocean, and she uh, finished getting her degree, and she was working at a grocery store and stuff, and she was like, you know what, I'm just going to, like, go on vacation to Maui and see how I like it. And so she went, she loved it, whatever. Then weird enough, her, one of her, um, her friends from college transferred to HPU and was like, Hey, I got an extra room. You want to be my roommate? And so she's like, yeah, sure. And she found a job out here, pretty good job and uh, moved out here. And now, and she's like, Hey, you want to come to Hawaii when the season's over? And I was like, yeah, and I needed to. I needed that, you know, get away, kind of right. chill out, vibe, right? You know, yeah. Well, and that's so. Did, did she get something? I work for university, so did she get something in her uh, in her uh, in her degree? Yeah, she got. She's kinesiology degree. Okay. So she right. just she mostly just works with like helping old people move around. You know. Oh yeah, I know them really well. Stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I've done PT for my shoulder. I've got hip dysplasia. I've got bands. I've got stacks of shit to do, pardon my language, uh, of stuff to do for physical therapy. So, hey, what was your major? What was your major? I know you, you tried, and we'll get more into it, but you tried for LSU. What, your major was indeterminate? Intermediate? Uh, what, I had I had a couple different majors. I had, uh, I w- you know, I was just like kind of general studies most of the time, just so I could play pretty much. And then 
I, I went to LSU and a lot of credits apparently didn't transfer over from junior college. Oh, shit. <laughs> I guess. And they were like, uh, you're going to be a religion major now. And, but I had no religion classes, nothing. They were like, that's just what you have to do. And I'm like, all right, I'll do it. That's fine. Is that, you know, is that kind of the baseball coach telling you or is that your counselor doing it? I mean, it, was, it seemed like the, wouldn't, right, wouldn't Jordan, like <laughs> Jordan in college, wasn't he like a basket waving or something like that? He knew he was going to be a professional athlete and like, yeah. so, in a, so in a way you're kind was, of betting on yourself, right? Uh, yeah, I was, I was hundred percent betting on myself, but my counselor was saying that my coach was like, just get, make sure you don't get F's and D's. <laughs> that's all he cared about as long as I could play, but she was doing all the other stuff. But yeah, I a hundred percent was betting on myself doing this, what I'm doing now. Okay. And I was like, if I don't figure it out when I, when it right. happens, if it doesn't, you know? Right. So how did you, you didn't graduate. Did you graduate? No, I didn't graduate. Are, do you plan on going back and getting your degree? I don't know. Right now, I don't know. Right now, I have. I I think I got it in my uh, contract that they could help me pay for school yeah. and stuff. You know yeah. how that that's a thing. Yeah. Um. But right now, no, I'm not thinking about that really. <laughs> but I mean, who knows what the future? I didn't think I was gonna live in Hawaii, so who knows? Right. <laughs> and that's you know, it's kind of funny with you know with, with being out of San Joaquin, it's San Joaquin, San Joaquin Delta. And then out of some whim, you were, you know, you went from there to LSU because of some random thing with the coaches at uh, Cal State Northridge, and you find yep. yourself Stockton into LSU, and you're like, yeah, I know. Uh, I really there. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stories from different people of how it happened. I don't even really know who told them or whatever, but somehow they got my phone number and they called me, and they were. It was between them and a couple other colleges, but. All the other ones were playing in the World Series at that time, right, right, which is so cool, you know. Uh, but so I went on a visit, and uh, that place is so cool. When you first walk, especially when you first walk in, you're like, "This is looks like, like I played in I played in uh, Vegas this year, and I okay. played in El Paso a little for only a, a second, yeah." And LSU's stadium. It's, I mean, it's not as big as Vegas, but it's like, it's close, you know? Well, dude, it's, it's the SEC. It's a religion back there. I know. All college, well, they really don't care about pro sports. It's like, you LSU or you Bama? Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? It's hard <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the stadium, Tiger Stadium, or I think it's called Death Valley. They call it Death Valley. That place is crazy and huge. Um, you know, in my, uh, my, so I'm from San Diego, but my brother, and my dad live out uh, outside of Nashville and they've been there for a while. And, you know, I go out there and visit them all the time and talk to their friends and they're like, which college team? Like it, it seriously, if you don't, <laughs> and they talk about going to other games They're like, yeah, we tried to go to the, you know, some other game. And they're like, it was like, almost like getting in blood in the crypts. It was like gang warfare. Like they were on yeah. our sh- I know it's craziness. The tailgates. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the whole part, like the whole part of the city in Baton Rouge where LSU is, yeah, is shut down. Streets are shut down. Everything's shut down. You can't drive. You have to walk everywhere. And uh, people's it's crazy. And everyone's like, "You want some food? You want some food over here? Right. Over here, you want some food?" Everybody. They don't. They don't even know you, but they don't care. Right. You know. And I watched some of the uh, some of the YouTube video, um, you know, interviews with you. And there's like five microphones in your face. Like I followed minor league baseball for five years. I mean, seriously, for five years. And then AAA guys are getting like 
you know, someone's phone in the face. Hey, how's it going? What, you like, there was like three or four different microphones with tags on them. Just Jesus, you're a rock star out there. Yeah, it's, it was at first it was really like, what the heck? This is real kind of. But they made us do a class, too, for talking to reporters and stuff. So yeah, yeah. they prepared us before they brought a guy in and everything. And we had like sessions. Yeah. So when you when you talk to them, it's not it's like I, I know how to do this. And right. they make it seem like the reporters are going to say like the worst questions ever. Right. The reporters, they want you to look good. They want to talk about good things. It seemed like, right. at least right. to me, right. you know, they weren't saying, oh, you uh, made an error in the first inning and then you struck out. Twice. No, I was, that was never, that never was asked me, but they right. prepared us for that, you know? Right. So what's the chick situation there? I heard you guys are getting, you know, stuff in the locker room. Like, no, dude, no. Um, yeah. And well, also in spring training, I'm sure this last spring training you had your they had media uh, training there as well for the Padres. Yeah, I don't think we had. I don't think we had media training this year. I think because COVID there wasn't any screwed media. that up. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so. But I, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember doing media training. I, and if we did, I probably was like, I already kind of know how to do this, so it's not <laughs> a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Well, good, because they probably say, hey, don't go on podcasts. You might say something that, you know, they don't like or whatever. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, so you grew up – so real quick, it's your football fan? Not really, no. Good. I'm a baseball guy solely. I was going to ask maybe you're one of the, the 49ers. Um, it's all good. No, I, I'm a baseball guy only, too, and, like, I guess surfing a little bit. but Really? Yeah, just because I live in Hawaii now, but that's the only reason. So can you surf? Uh. I mean, I don't even tried in a lot of years, but my brother surfs a lot and my dad surfs and my girlfriend surfs, but I just like to sit on the beach, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, honey. Yeah. Good yeah, session out there. Dude, so huh? you, grew up in, you grew up an ace fan. Yeah. But then your favorite player is Albert Pujols. Yeah. Pujols was my guy from when I was like seven years old, probably. Pujols was my guy. Uh also, the reason he was my guy is because I thought his name was hilarious when I was a little kid. So, All right. Pull Joe's? Pujols, yeah. So I thought it was hilarious. And then I realized that he was nasty. And I was like, yeah, I actually like this guy, you know? Yeah, so, Pujols is just, I mean, and everything I see, obviously, he's just an amazing ball player. Obviously, in decline. And God, you just, you hate to see your heroes fail. I and, know you hate and he's it. He's got You're a little like, bit of a belly, and I'm identifying more with him the way he looks running the bases. I play in a rec league. I'm like, God, I hope I don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but everything I see from him on social media is just like he's a really good guy. Like he really yeah. cares about other people. Yeah, he seems like a super cool guy. Also, he's like he could be bad, but he's a legend. Yeah. So you don't. It's like no, he's still like he'll still do something. He's it's Albert Pools, you know, like he. Yeah. He'll do yeah. something. Even if he does nothing, he's going to do something eventually. Yeah, you know absolutely. And then, uh, you know, you, you see it on, on social media all the time. Like, there'll be some some minor leaguer that I follow, and he's up in the majors, and they're playing, you know, they were back then they were playing the Angels. And, like, you see him bring over this kid to, uh, from the other team, like, meeting Pujols, and the kid's like, oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Just a yeah. reverence for the guy. For real. And also, like, I'm sure a lot of people, they talk about, like, where they learned how to hit is like their right. dad or whatever. But I watched Pujols so much and would copy that batting stance when I was a young, when I was like eight, nine all the time. That's where I would 
I would try to hit like him, him and and uh, of course Bonds and Griffey and stuff and all that. But you know, yeah, you gotta right. you gotta hit like the guys, and then you feel like <laughs> them a little bit, and then you have your own style, you know. So all those guys, you know, being a Padre fan, growing up here in San Diego, being a Padre fan, all those guys terrorized my Padres, and uh, you know, <laughs> God is just <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, hey, so you're from Stockton? Did you grow up going to Port games? Any Stockton Port games? Yeah, I did actually a lot. And when I went and played there, it was kind of weird that I was now <laughs> on the field because it didn't feel, you know, back when you're younger, you're like, oh, these right. guys are so old. They feel so old. Right. And then when I was playing there, I was like, what the heck? I'm older. And I was older than most of those guys that I was right, playing. Right, right. <laughs> we're 21, 22, yeah. Yeah, I'm 23 now. Okay. So 22 last year. But I was like, I'm older than a lot of these guys. And I grew up watching these games. Yeah. So, yeah, weird, that's, but, but it was cool. So I read somewhere you, you played, so, you know, summer ball, obviously you play high school baseball and then in the college, your, your summer leagues, in between the summer leagues, you wouldn't play rec ball. Uh, I would just play. Sometimes I would play summer ball. Like I didn't play every summer. I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. I just one summer in college. I, uh, I just wanted to train and get like stronger and faster and it ended up helping me out. But even in high school, like, I don't know. I didn't know anybody, any teams or anything. Right. I just kind of played in like I played a lot of games in Lodi and then also at Delta, my junior college. When I was in high school, I played a lot of games there. So it was kind of when I would go play there, it was like at home already, you know. Yeah. So and you went and played in the Cape Cod League as well? Yeah, for a second. For like I think I was there for like a week at the end. That was cool that, though. Dude, that's epic, dude. How'd that happen? Uh, how did it happen? It was the Wareham Gateman manager knew someone that I knew and asked him, Hey, do you have any guys who will play for like a week basically? And that guy called me and said, Hey, you want to go to the Cape? And I was like, yeah, sure. He's like, okay, uh, you're leaving like in two days or something. And I was like, all right. And then I flew out there. Yeah. At the end of the year, just had a Dude. couple, had a ho- I had a Homer and then a couple doubles and called it a, called it a Cape career, I guess. <laughs> that's pretty damn good Cape career. You, you played eight games there. That's, fun. that's that's once again, that's another the Cape is kind of like the highest level of summer league that you can get. Yeah, it is. And there's ball straight ballers there. I, a lot of guys I played with there I've played against last year. So it's cool. No, is that kind of cool? You know, baseball is kind of a community like that. Do you did you find some guys you were playing against uh, you know, in like Yelsenor, uh that you knew? Yeah, I there was so the weird thing, my roommate in Lake Elsinore at the very beginning was Ripken Reyes. Yeah, he's, Rip- from Stock- he's from Stockton too. I've known yeah. that fools. I think I've known him since I was like 11 or 12 years old. And we ended up being roommates. My first, he was my first roommate pretty much. <laughs> That's funny. Cause we talked to Mike McCoy last beginning of beginning of the season. Um, and he talked about Ripken Reyes being like, like he's the captain. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. He's like, we call him captain. Cause he's like, he's a fucking baller. Yeah, yeah, he's the man. Dude, we've been trying to get him on the podcast. Which is, I, maybe I'll text him one of the. I'll text him after this and say, "Do we have definitely? They definitely. want you on there, man." All right, so you, so you get to LSU, uh, you play your senior year there, and then and like you were starting to get comfortable, and then COVID hit. So COVID killed you guys this season. What was yeah. that like? We were getting on the bus to go to Ole Miss, and they said, "Hey, come back in the clubhouse, and we're we're not leaving yet." They're like closing the state lines or whatever. I don't even know what, I don't remember really what they said, but it was like, what lockdown. 
yeah they're like uh you got we're not gonna we can't play for like two weeks and we're like okay but they're like just wait here until right. uh we find out more literally like probably 10 minutes go by they're like all right uh we're you guys pack your stuff up like the season's basically over but we don't know yet but you guys you can go home and damn so then after that did you play in, in obviously we're in quarantine everything's locked down but how did you stay sharp did you keep working out did you hit the cages how'd you do to uh you know and that's your senior year yeah that was my junior year junior year why yeah. didn't you go back to your senior year so it was my red shirt junior year okay and if i'm being completely honest i really didn't like school all that much and i i my goal in my life was not to be like sec you know like i it was it was cool yeah but that was not like my goal of my life you know what i mean my my goal is playing the big leagues for like that's been since i was a little kid playing the big leagues for a long time be a good player in the big leagues you know do what i i feel in my heart that i could do and so i just was like if i get a if i get a chance i had a chance last the year before too i got drafted right really low and i almost wanted to go then but everyone, you know, they go, oh, you could get more money next year. You get more money. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I can. I'll be better. Yes, I can get more money. Then all that crazy stuff happens. I end up getting less money than I would have got. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's some tokens for the batting cage, dude. You want to play ball? <laughs> yeah. They're like, all we can give you is 20K. And the year before, I think it, it was more than 20K. But I was like, oh, I guess I ended, I guess I should have just. I don't know. I guess it's just how it works. You know, right. I don't know. Right. Right. And, and there's not even a 38th round. I think the 28th round or the 38th round. 38th round. Yeah. Yeah. And since, so it's like, I don't think they have that round anymore. So, you know, better than itself, I think was, was a better deal. I agree. Yeah. All right. So, so with that, you know, with being able to be a, you know, a free agent, why the Padres and how many other teams were kind of looking at you? There's a couple teams. There was like the Marlins, the Cubs, Padres, Blue Jays a little, but the Padres really was like Brian Watley talked to me one time, who was my coach at Delta for a second for one year actually, and then he went with the Padres and uh, he was like, "Hey, uh, send me some info stuff, whatever." And uh, so I was like, "Okay," and I hadn't heard anything. I would talk to Watley here and there, just like because I I knew him and stuff, and just talk to him. And then I didn't hear anything for so long. I didn't think anything about the Padres at all. Like I was like, I had no idea that they even were talking about me. And I was like, well, I didn't get drafted. So I just got to wait, I guess. Cause it was like a two day period after the draft. And then it was the free agent time. Right. And the first call that I got was from the Padres. And uh, at that time I had an advisor who was helping me out. And he was like, what what do you think about the Padres? I was like, I don't know. He's like, I mean, they're the first one that called. So it's probably a good fit. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's do it. <laughs> I mean, I really have not many options. And so I was like, yeah, but we'll, I'll sign with them. And then the Marlins called and the Cubs called. And I was like, sorry, like, sorry, I'm going with the Padres. And they're like, all right, good luck, whatever, you know, all that. But it was like straight out of the blue. I had no idea. But they were the first ones to call me. That's epic. So that was pretty cool. And so soon after that, how soon before? And still, this is in the middle of 11 COVID. So when did you first get out to Peoria? I didn't go to Peoria until I think it was uh, the end of September. And then we had instructs for like seven weeks ish around that. And then that was my first, that was my first, you know, taste of, of Pro Bowl. Thank you. Delivery, I guess. 
But uh, <laughs> are you working? Are you serving food with? <laughs> um, Drop the package off. So, so yeah. Wiley, he, he's still he's still in the uh, he's still in the development system. I, I have it here somewhere. I don't have it down right now. Yeah, he's, he's still a catching coordinator. Yeah. And they wanted to convert me. So I was working with Watley, which is so hilarious that that's how it worked out, you know, like coach me. But in junior college, he was more of the catching guy and I wasn't doing catching. I did a couple bullpens, a couple like working on it a little just just to, you know, right. work on it because why not? And then he was training me, which is hilarious. So it was like full. I don't know. I don't know if you call it a full circle, but it was just kind of weird how it worked that way. Well, that, it is kind of weird because everything I looked into said you were signed as a catcher. Well, I'm like, yeah. dude, he plays third base. <laughs> like, yeah. They, you uh, didn't catch anyone with, with any of your, you know, with San Joaquin or with LSU, yeah? Yeah, I know. It, it, it's They kind of, when I was when I was learning to catch and stuff, like, I don't know if they knew that I used to play infield and they just thought I was a catcher. But uh, in Lake Elsinore, I started playing third, like just chicken ground balls. And uh, I think it was hoop. Hoop's not with the Padres anymore. He's with the Braves now, right? I think. Yeah, Kevin I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, so he came out and uh, he was our field coordinator and stuff. So he came out and I did some work with him. And one day they were like, "You're gonna play third," and I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> but basically, up to that point, I was DH <laughs> once a week and catching bullpen <laughs> only. I was pretty much a bullpen catcher. And then I started playing third, and I made a sick play. <laughs> And then they were like, keep playing third, keep playing third. If guys got hurt, I was in there playing third. And Dude, like, it's like it's doing it's what like I can do. They're like, hey, yeah, he's pretty good at third base. You should probably play third base. Yeah, dude, yeah. did you see my film? Like, I played third base. I played only <laughs> third base for like three right. years. <laughs> hey, but you pencil. So I did say you caught a little bit. It must have been an emergency situation because you caught a couple games in Lake Elsinore. No, in, in Fort Wayne, I did. Oh, Fort Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fort Wayne. Oh, my gosh. I, I want you to know it's the most stressed out I've ever been the first day that I was going to catch in a game. And that was, I was so stressed out. I was like, bro, talking to Chase Walters and all these guys. And like, bro, I don't know. I got to catch today. And I, I'm so, <laughs> I've never done it in a game like this before. And they're like, bro, it's fine. Just, you'll be fine. And I ended up being kind of, I, I mean, we won both the games I caught, so hell yeah, get the job general. Done, find a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just throw fastballs, man. I can't slider and curve, man. I can't catch that yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, Well, what I thought in, when I was catching was, what do the hitters not want to hit? And I called that, and then it worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. Like I was thinking, like, what do I not want to hit right now? Right. And I threw that, and luckily, no Vela. His changeup was nasty that day, and no one touched it so and it went right to my glove i didn't have to move <laughs> dude and, and so you also ended up pitch but you pitched it and two innings not just one you pitched two, two innings hope. in lake elsinore yep yep any way to get in the lineup I got, <laughs> I got shelled dude you did i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> oh i got the score uh, two innings pitch six hits three earned runs hey you know hey the, when the first guy hit one off the Left center field fence at, in Lake Elsinore, where it's huge out there. I was like, yeah. "Well, I guess I'm not in college anymore, right?" <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> Pro ball. Everyone is a really good ball player. Um, yeah. So, so you're. I mean, you're. You know, you're. You're just a hitting obsessed kind of guy. With with you know 
molding your 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 swing and your stance with with the pros. What technology? What are you doing to uh, to kind of refine your approach and uh, hitting? So this year I was kind of lost, and I was I was you know when you're obsessed with something kind of like I am with hitting and stuff, and it's more of it's not it, I guess it is with hitting, but it, it's like there's so many things to hitting that you you go crazy if like you don't really know what you're doing in one little spot luckily the mind like i would every day be like i don't know what i'm doing right now <laughs> but i know i can fucking touch the ball i know i can make contact at least at least i can do that whether it's just like a blooper or whatever i know at least i can do that so eventually during the year i just started trying to hit everything and the padres talk about you know walking and uh, seeing pitches and not chasing out of the zone, but I kind of, I tried that and I was hitting really bad. So, and like we would take, we would use video for BP and Lake Elsinore. I'm sure you saw it a couple of times. And yeah, absolutely. I would look at my swing and stuff, but like, I was just so lost. So I was, I was like, no, I'm just going to try to hit every single pitch that I see. I don't care if it's at my face bouncing. I don't care. I'm going to just try to hit, try to hit it. And uh, like that kind of worked for, it works. It's not going to work long term, obviously, but like it worked for a little bit. And now I right. know that I got that in the back pocket, you know, and now I know where I'm at more. My, I'm more consistent with my swing and what I'm looking for and picking the ball up. And so at least I know that I got that in the back pocket. So right. if everything else is all is better, is like it's refined, then, you know, the results will come. Lot. Yeah, the results will come. And that's I wasn't even playing every day and I felt that I could just hit, make contact with everything, you know, at least I was, well, didn't feel like I was going to strike out every single time. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, even in the SEC where it's probably, you know, arguably probably the best highest level of college baseball, um, even in low A ball, you're still playing against guys that are, you know, most of the time are going to be better than most of those guys in the SEC, if not yeah. the best player in there, you know, from their college. So the, exactly, the level yeah. of competition goes up. How did you, how did why the hell did you go to El Paso? Like that's random. <laughs> it's so cool, dude. It's random, but like you went from it's Able cool. To it's so like, cool. And I honestly, I wish I knew the answer of why. I don't know why. I went up there and I thought I was going to catch bullpens, and I was a hundred percent prepared to do that. I was like, okay, I get to because Austin Nola was there when I got there, and I was like, well, if I'm if I'm going to get anything out of this, I can at least learn from talk to him. And Tukupita was there for a second, and I knew him from instructs so like i could talk to these guys i knew guys that were there and, right. and i could i wanted to learn stuff i mean i i already had like the learning mindset when i went in when i wasn't playing that much so i was like just trying to get better and stuff but uh then mccoy told me he's like yeah you're gonna play first of the when you get there and i was like first okay i'm, I'm cool with that I don't, right. I really don't care and i came in i was catching bullpens and then came in played first and my first at bat a little bit I was a little bit like nervous just because I don't know I just was triple A yeah triple A and I was like not even playing really that much in in low A so I was like well <laughs> I just gotta just go for it can't really think about it and I struck out on a call I remember it wasn't even, it was a bad it was it wasn't like super terrible call but it was not a strike and I was you know this guy coming up from low A right and I turned to the umpire and I was like no you can't say anything right now like you can't what can you what can you say? Did your he first say at bat, you know, Did he say yeah. that? Did you get like, no kid, not your first at bat? Yeah, not your not your first at bat. Like, I know you're you want to 
play hard and stuff, but just relax. And I went in the dugout and they were like, that, don't worry. I, was, I got that up and whatever. And then the next day I come and the manager calls me in, Edwin. And he's like, hey, uh, what's, what's your most comfortable position? And I'm like, probably third, but I could play wherever. And uh, he's like, okay, you're DHing tonight. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? And then I thought I was just going to be catching bullpens. And then I was like, I was – I thought that was my job. So that's what I was like doing. And they were like, Hey, you're playing tonight. You don't catch bullpens. And I was like, okay, this is all new to me now. And like elsewhere, when I played, I still had to catch bullpens, you know, <laughs> and all hands uh, on deck in the lower minors, dude, all hands on deck. Yeah. You got, you're doing everything. You're maybe you clean laundry one day, who knows. But, uh, in, so I played that night and we were facing AJ puck. I think, yeah, we were. And I was like, don't think about who it is. Just right. it's you and the ball, bro. Like you're good. Don't think about like, oh, it's AJ Puck, like big leaguer, like it, literally in the big leagues. You watch him on TV before in the big leagues. Oh yeah, I watched him go up through the. I watched him go through the yeah. minor league system. Yeah, and uh, so I think my first at bat, I grounded out, I like, got off of him or something like that, or reach out a fielder's choice, and like I was like, that was not very, like that didn't feel too crazy. And I look at the boards like 97, 98 or something like that. And I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, I'm good. Next, I think my next, or yeah, my next at bat was when I got the base hit off of him. Or it might have been my first at bat. I don't really remember. Right, I, right. It was one of, it could have been flip flops. But I remember the first swing, <laughs> it felt kind of good. And I looked at the video and it looked like I was trying to hit a, hit it into the Bomb. pool with right center. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. And then the next one, I remember thinking like, just, just like a little earlier, just put your foot up a little earlier. And I hit it and I was like, that's a base hit. Like it was one of those ones where, you know, like. Yeah, right, right, hit. right. You dropped the bat and you just got a little soft jog to first base. Yeah. Well, that's epic. But you, you know, I, I remember Clint Hurdle, uh, there was some, several years back, some, some guy in the pirate system was like, an, was an A-ball. And then for some reason he had, he made it, he, they called him to the majors for like, it was an emergency thing. He was the closest guy to the field. They called him up and Clint Hurdler said, and you know, the guy's got like eyes this big and he's like, oh. <laughs> Hurdle just said, just walk up and listen to your name get called. Everything after that's gravy. Just listen to your name get called. So we like, what he did. He's like, he got up there, they heard his name. And like, I don't even remember what happened to the guy. And I don't think he remembers, but it's like, just listen to your name to be called. And you're here. You're there. You're there, man. Yeah. So then that's, you get so, that's like, dude, that's like epic. That is epic. Well, and, and also it kind of gives you a minor, I mean, a, 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 a thumbnail of where you're, you know, where you got to be to get yeah, to there. I know. And I like the my confidence after I played in AAA was like, oh, uh, this, like baseball is way, we make it way harder than it has to be. That's when I realized, like, I watched Austin Nola. Every day in the his routine in the cage, his routine throwing. I played catch long toss with him. I was just trying to like soak up what he's doing because he's he's a vet. Yeah. He's been around. He's been around like nasty dudes. He yeah. knows what he's doing. I wanted. I paid attention to him so closely. How he took VP, like the way, like his effort level, so, like every fight, like small detail. I took, I paid so close attention to, and he's super super cool. He would talk to me about whatever and. I started to figure out how big leaguers work yeah. and how their routine and all this stuff and how you take it into the game. And when I went, when they told me I was going to, 
uh, Fort Wayne, I was a little sad because AAA. Like, on, next one's down AA, man. AA, yeah. Texas, right yes, I know, I know. And I, but my vibes were getting better. Like, I was more confident. I was, like, asking questions, the right questions that I wanted to, that right. I wanted to get answered that in low way I couldn't have them answered, you know? Right. And, uh, you know, and I built off, I was, my swing was starting to feel good. And I was just like building off of it. And then uh, when I went to Fort Wayne, I was like, oh my God, the, it's, I see the difference. I literally saw the difference yeah. from the levels, from all the levels, because, you know, you go from low way to triple play. You're like, okay, yeah, this is really clean baseball. But once you go down, you're like, oh my God, it's super clean. Like how, how we even took BP and stuff in Fort Wayne when I was there. Yeah. I was like, I see why guys don't make it. The good players, like I, and I see why the guys that do make it, you see, you literally can see it. It's like the guys that are really, really good. They're literally just hitting line drives. They're not trying to hit like Homer and BP after Homer. They're just right. getting the consistent swing and we do the machine or whatever we're doing. Right. And you, it's like, how easy can you just hit a line drive to center or like over second baseman's head or shortstop's head? Like, how easy can you do that? And I was like, oh, my God, it's so simple. And I hit a home run my first game. I was in Fort Wayne. And I was nice. like, oh, my God, it works. I can't believe it works. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God, it works. And that's, you know, so you, so you saw, you, you, you say you see the development, uh, the difference in development from A ball. So, you know, to, to go up here, you're like, can, you know, can, can they start teaching what they're doing in AAA down in low way? And, you know, obviously the, the, you know, there are going to be guys in A-ball that, you know, have no chance of making it and, not, you know, are, are you know, I'm just going to have the skill set or the drive to do yeah. the extra work to, to do the, you know, to find the discipline. You yeah. know, what was that? What was the difference? Was it just, it well, was the guys really taking the work, the practice to work, you know? Yeah, well, I think the difference was pretty much in AAA, the players knew what they had to do. Yeah, they okay. know they know. Okay, if I swing like this in the game, then that's that's all that matters is the game. In like low A, the guys are like, say, see or no, see or no, see or no. Like everyone's trying to hit, see like, oh, is it a homer? Is it a homer? Blah blah blah. Okay. Like lo- like almost home run derby some some days, right. which is fun. That's that that's fun. You know, I mean, like yeah, that's fun, but. Is that gonna help you in the game? And this right. is like, this is our job. We got to perform. You have to find what is gonna help you for hitting home runs in the game, not hitting. Oh, look, I could hit ten homers in a row in BP, but then I I'm over four every game. You know what right. I mean? And I saw how it, it. I saw how that messed me up, especially because when I would there would be a couple days, a couple days in Fort Wayne at the beginning where like I was like almost okay. I believe that. The line drives work, but also everyone is kind of like, see you no, see you no. So you kind of like fall back into it for a second. Right. And then you have to pull yourself out. And once I started like just not really caring what everyone was saying, like, oh, you're so, oh, no juice. You know, like how guys. Right. You know, track shot and you talk, you know, and you're like, right. oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, once I stopped like trying to do that all the time, because that even that in college that's <laughs> that's like mostly college when you're taking bp everyone's just talking shit to you pretty much you know right but now it was like a new it was like a kind of a new like realization that though like 
guys that are hitting homers in BP, it's because they're just like super strong and their line drives are home runs, you know? Right. Right. And, and that, those line drives translate to homers because it's exactly. real time and it's, it's totally different. Exactly. And then, and I, I realized like the effort level, it's, it's like everyone's probably got their sweet spot, you know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, it was almost like the looser and less I tried to hit it a homer, the more homers that I would hit. And even yeah. in BP, I was like launching balls at certain fields. Like, I was like, dang, like, if I just think this, I'll be good. I literally would be good. Right. We know the funny thing about baseball is, is as hard as it is, as it is, the less you try, you, you know, the more you try harder, yeah. the worse you get. The more relaxed you are, you know, that's why they call it, you know, when you're, when you're tight, when you're playing tight, when you're gripping, it's, you know, you're making sawdust out of the bat when it should be loosening up, having fun, and then staying relaxed. Yeah. And trying so hard. Yeah. And, and, and like, I don't even know if I wasn't relaxed, I would have probably way less good at bats yeah <laughs> because i i was so messed up with like how i would load and everything my stride that like some days i i probably couldn't tell you what pitch i saw and i got it and i hit it you know it was just like a reaction basically and there was a lot of times like i was like telling myself in the batter's box just just be relaxed and touch it and it'll be a hit it will it'll just it'll fall don't worry there's a lot of grass out there and it would and it would happen and i would I'd be like, dude, this really works. I wasn't hitting like homers and, and stuff like that, but tor- towards the end of the year, I started splitting the gaps. I started finding the lines. You yeah. know, I like the last, I think the last like five games of the year, I had two hits in three of those games. There was like multi hit game for three straight games to end the year or something like that. And I was like, yeah, this is the way. And then, but I knew, I knew that like I was a little off still. You know what I mean? Like, uncomfortable with my stride i didn't know it from my hands yeah but i was hitting doubles and i was like well i just gotta figure it out in the off season a little bit just a little bit and i'll have i'll be right. fine for next year real so, quick did you just start a mandalorian quote this is the way no <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't even watched that to be honest oh uh, it's really good um you know and well and the results show you know you hit you know you hit 265 three you know with the 397 uh slugging in, in yeah, I'm, so you were starting to put it together there. I was starting to was going up. I was I was you know really really mad when I uh, when it fell under 400 in my slugging because my goals are way higher than that obviously. But I had a right. I knew that my year was not what I wanted already. But uh, yeah, I I know that I am better than what that even shows. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. And I it's just I started to have I I started to lose it like towards the end of LSU, like right when COVID hit, luckily I ended, I ended that in like a two for 30. And then it's just like for so long, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Right. It was weird. It was the weirdest thing. And, and then like, finally I started to feel like I know what I'm doing again at the plate with my, like, and I mean what I'm doing, like my mind and my body are connected rather than just like, I can get a hit. I can just, just see it and touch it. Cause yeah. you can trick yourself into thinking you're good. It's right. not that hard. You right. know what I mean? You know, do, know, so like, do um, you know, do they, you know, the next thing about baseball again is like you got to learn how to succeed when you don't got it. You know, a lot of that's with pitching, but when hitting, when you're not comfortable at the plate, you got to make those adjustments in at bats to get that hit, even though you feel like, hey, I don't feel comfortable right now. My hands are like it just doesn't feel right. You still got to succeed. Do they 
you know, are the coaches teaching that kind of mindset or teaching you how to fail, you know, how to succeed when, you know, you're not, when you're not going good, the mental aspect of the game? Uh, yeah, we talk about it a little bit. And uh, a lot of the stuff we work on is like, it's supposed to challenge you and stuff and make you kind of make you, your instincts take over. But I had already been training that stuff for a long time and like not just in baseball, like in life and stuff, because, you know, everyone's got like their challenges in their life that are going to be harder to deal with than baseball. Like at the end of the day, one day I'm not going to be playing baseball anymore, but I'm still going to be living my life. You know what I mean? Right. So I I think of it as they both like things in your life help you with baseball and baseball helps you with things in your life, too. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. lot of things that you need to have a comfortable, like enjoyable life is so similar to being a good baseball player. Yeah. You know, like yeah. talking about not forcing it and stuff and like being relaxed, like, yeah. And letting it more like letting it come to you, letting things happen, you know, not trying right. to not trying to make things happen. It makes everything just so much better. Right. You know what and I mean? Just do the next indicated thing. Like, okay, this happened. That is that. Like, I need to go that way. It's kind of like letting in life. You're just like, hey, what do I do now? This situation comes up. What do I do now? You you know, you're you're three and zero. All of a sudden, they get up to full count. You're like, okay, what do I got to do now? I got to shorten my swing. I got to aim for the center of the diamond. Yeah, whatever it is for you, you know. And yeah. uh, you know, the weird thing with full count is we would talk about like me and a couple other guys. We would talk about approaches and things like that and we would go we go hey never swing three and two and i would say that to them right before i'd go up to hit hey i'm not swinging against three and two and then i would chase a pitch in the dirt ah! <laughs> and they'd come i'd come in and they'd be like i thought you were swinging three and two and i was like yeah i wish i didn't <laughs> so who were you with who okay so in God, in, in El Paso, you must have just stayed on a couch, right? Did they even get your hotel room? They just no. I had a uh, so in in Vegas because I went to Vegas. Okay, I had we had our stadium, own hotel yeah? room. Oh man, that place is so cool. And you guys, do you guys stay at the hotel room across the street? I think it's the Red Red Rock Inn or something. Yeah, like that. Red Rock. Yeah, that's where we stayed, and we all got our own room. And my girlfriend was going to visit me in in uh, Lake Elsinore. And then I got called up to there. So she changed the flight to Vegas and we got a, basically a free stay in, in that super nice hotel yeah. <laughs> together. Yeah. So it was nice. I'm, I'm glad she came. She was the only one that was there when I was in AAA. Dude, that's rad. That's, you, yeah, know, you think your dad were like, okay, where are your family? Like, all right, I need a day just to go and see my son in AAA. AAA. Um, yeah. Back before, right before actually the weekend that um, the minor league season started, I think 2018, um, that first year in uh, in Las Vegas, my wife spoke at uh, had a conference, and mm. um, it was opening day. But the Aviators were actually in El Paso, and the we stayed at the hotel right around the eighth, seventh or eighth. You can see into the field, and so yeah. like, she's at her conference. I walk up there, and I'm like, hey, and the gates open. I can like, hey man, I you know, hey, I got this podcast that covers the Padres. My hey, you know what? The aviators are actually playing. There's one of the teams I cover. Can I just go in and take a picture? The guy's like, no. <laughs> but it was like, it was the, it was no the opening way. weekend, but they were in, in El Paso. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, it's right there. He's like, nah, dude, move along. <laughs> oh, damn. They didn't let you. That's messed up. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, I just, I want to, it's five feet in. I'm going to take a picture. He's like, no. That's right, but yeah, that's a really the nice hotel. 
Yeah. Uh, nice brand new stadium. And then so when you get into Fort Wayne, who are your roommates in Fort Wayne? Because I know they have they have the uh, the apartments there that you guys stay in, which is really sweet. It's a, yeah. And when I first got to Fort Wayne, I was so lost because we had to walk from the stadium to our apartment. Some people have cars and stuff, but I walked with a couple guys usually. But uh, my roommates in Fort Wayne at the beginning, it was Tyler Malone. Okay. Me and him share a room. And weird again, he's from Sacramento. And I knew him before, so a little bit, which is hilarious. And then uh, Johnny Hamza, Grant Little, Adam Perner, Ethan Skender, all those guys. That was my, that was our house for a little bit. And then guys started to kind of move around. And then I yeah. I went to uh, – I was roommates with Tirso Ornelas and Kelvin Alarcon after that. <laughs> Did you learn any Spanish? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. Did you? Because we've, yeah. we've had Tirso. We've had uh, Johnny on. Hamza, we've had Ethan Skender has been on the podcast several times. Um, God, dude, that's that's epic, and it's it's great because you you're so close to the field, you get to hang out with guys. You know, you know, particularly hanging out with Tirso, who had a freaking stellar year this year in the Mexican League. Um, oh, I know. I think he was MVP. I think he was MVP or runner up. Oh no, he. I think he won the batting title. That's it. That's it. Hitting like yeah. three three something crazy. Yeah. Um, God. That guy's built like he's he's dude, a big dude. He's and he looks like when you first kind of see him, he's kind of like he's big and he just like if he has a straight face, you he kind you're kind of like I don't know if he's chill or what or if he's like right. you know, he, you don't know, but he's like the nicest dude that you ever meet. <laughs> and he's like is he a, you know, you see him like kind of you a movie star? Are you are you in movies? Yeah, yeah. just really good looking dude, you know, strong yeah. chin chiseled um we saw him in we saw him in spring training a couple of years back we saw him before that and then the next year you know we're like god that guy's kind of cut the next year comes in and he's even more cut um we're just well we're, we root for everyone but you know Terso, like yeah. i said such a nice guy he uh, we, um guy. we had him on the podcast we actually had um took peter marcano had to had to talk him through doing the tag for fries in the farm <laughs> like, Hello, my name is Tirso Ronellis, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm. <laughs> That's <laughs> so funny. Spanish. He does the Spanish, yeah. and it took him several times, but he did it. Just a sweet dude. Hey, um, okay, so how, so, so you get into Fort Wayne, you know, and you're, how did, you know, you know what you got to do. So what yeah. are the coaches working on in, in, you know, in between at-bats or now in between, uh, in between games, you know, you're obviously trying to hit line drives, but, you know, what are you working on? to kind of get better? Is it pitch recognition? Is it, yeah. uh, you know, knowing the count, knowing what pitches are doing against you? Pretty well, I would always kind of work on sitting a spot on the plate, either cut into half or look for a part of the field and kind of that kind of gets your sights to where you want the pitch. You know what I'm saying? So it's mostly what we, what we would work on is swinging at strikes and taking balls pretty much. And pretty I mean, it's, it seems pretty simple, but it's <laughs> there. I, I think that there's more to it than just when you go hit BP, you throw, you know, a ball strike, ball, whatever, like that. There's a whole like timing thing, like how to see it. You know, there's a whole bunch of stuff. So I, that's what I would work on with this. And a lot of times, though, what really got me locked in was I would just go with Johnny Matthews in the cage right before the game and just say, hey, put the fastball machine right down the middle at a good speed and let me just crank a couple. And then I'd be good. I just hit a couple of back net, top corner. Let's go play right now. Let's go. It's 
confidence, such a confidence game. I, um, you know, I, I play in a rec league and I play in the 25. So I, I'm 52. I play in the 25. And, you know, most of the guys are in the 30s. And, and you're right. Like, there were, like, the first half of the season, I was just, I was dialed in. Every time I went up to bat, I'm like, they're throwing up beach balls. And yep. in the younger division, they just try to throw a bayou, and that it doesn't work. And, you know, just, you hit a couple really hard balls. You're like, okay, I, I'm good. Like, this is this is easy. Um, yeah. No, okay, so now I've done your first pro year of of ball. Has that changed your off-season kind of um, routine? Did you talk yeah. to knowledge? Did you get any knowledge about what to do really in the off-season with nutrition and working out and really what to, yeah. what to do? Yeah, so I – my nutrition – my mom taught me since I was out of the womb about nutrition. Like you got to eat healthy. You have to take care of your body for it to work. And like for you to be able to do the things you want in your life and stuff like that. So uh, this year I made sure like that I take super good care, at least of nutrition and sleeping. If I could do take care of those two things during the year, once the, once I go into the off season, I'll still be like, I won't be hurt or anything. And if it is, well, I'll figure it out. But right. most of the time, like 90% of the time, you won't be hurt if you're taking care of those two things. You know what I mean? And so I did, I do that. My girlfriend also is a nutritionist okay. on the come up. You know what I'm saying? She's, you know, working towards getting that. And uh, so she, she's good with it. So it's, it's easy. So the off season, especially in Hawaii, they got, you get fruit anywhere here. It's easy. And you just, I just <laughs> eat, you know, mango in the morning. Or it's like avocado with on some bread, easy, you know, go work yeah. out stuff like. Yeah. But I took a I took a month off from doing anything right after the the season ended. Like really? right after when well when Instructs was over, yeah. I didn't I didn't do anything for one whole month, and that was weird. It was so hard at first. I was like, if you do it, it'll help you later on. Right. And right. and it's helped it's helped me so much. It, I. I had like forearm tightness. I had a shoulder little cracks and I had like, Oh yeah. I messed my ankle up like the last week of the season. I played, I was playing the last week of the season limping and then instructs limping. <laughs> and I, I was like, I need to just not do anything. Yeah. But I would, I would swim or hike every single day. Okay. Barefoot. I would hike barefoot or swim every day. Yeah. So that was, you know, you ever heard of earthing? No. Oh, uh, so you so earthing is when you put your bare feet to the earth and like the way the ions work and stuff with the earth and, and your physiology. Okay. It it helps heal you faster. Okay. All right. So I was doing that every like hiking up the mountains barefoot in the mud. Like right now I don't do that as much, but I would just, I would never wear shoes. Like just, I didn't want to take shoes with me and I would just go. But I mean, you got to win in Hawaii, you know, do as Hawaiians do. Yeah, true. <laughs> and I'm always, I was always at the beach and always swim. Like I didn't need it anyways. Right. Right. But I still do it. I, I, I mean, I wear shoes now sometimes more than I did, but right. I still, if it's, if I'm going to walk at the, the beach or whatever, nope, no shoes. If I go, nice. uh, if I'm go if I'm going on a walk, pretty much right like if i'm not going in a store or like in some place i don't wear shoes for you that know, reason you know talking about instructs good covid really screwed everything up because before covid at the end of instructs everyone went to petco park and you played i think two or three at yeah, three games 
against another team, and then one game they let all the fans in for free. It's called the Don Welkie Classic. And dude, you guys get to play. And like I've seen everywhere from you know uh, Josh Naylor back in the day, you know Chris uh, Chris Paddock, mm-hmm. Mackenzie Gore, all those guys. Terso's been there. Ter- I, we saw Terso. He was seventeen. I think he was sixteen. Dang. Um, you know, one game, you know, all there's other games when you guys are playing when, you know, when it's no fans, but one game at night, they have all the fans come. It's about 10, about 10, 15,000 people show up. Eh, I'm sorry, but seven or 8,000 people show up. And it's a pro game, you know, it's a pro game on a pro field and it's the bomb. That's so, so cool. I've heard yeah. about those. I've heard about, uh, yeah. When I met Estuary Ruiz, the first ball I saw him hit, because he's skinny, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he hit a dead center home run at Petco. I was like, that's when I knew professional baseball was like straight up just a whole new thing. Right. I was like, I'd never seen a guy 165 pounds hitting a ball yeah. dead center like that until I saw Siri Ruiz doing it in that game. And I was yeah, like, he's, well, he's you know. cut too, man. So what, uh, what, what are your goals? Well, well, what are your goals for this year? And then we'll do like a quick fire question and answer thing real quick. And we'll get you out of here. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, my goals, you know, I want to, I don't want to, be hurt i want to be healthy the whole year and uh i want to i always my goals are always i call it this the slash line three four five so hit above 300 on base above 400 and slugging over 500 every year i want i like okay. that's like the lowest i want to be you know that's so that's goal. if and if i if i'm three four five the other numbers will be good right. because i don't control how much i play you know this just that's just the business of it i just you know when I play, if I'm doing three, four, five, come on, that's nasty. Right, right. Everything else will follow. Yeah. Everything else will follow. Well, that's excellent, dude. So let's do a little, I call it quick fire, but these are a little more just kind of some fun questions that we can uh, we can have you do. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, so Stan Lee set these four individuals in Stockton. Can you name <laughs> the characters of this M, uh, the, the Marvel Universe characters? In Stockton, the four? Yeah. I mean, I'm not very really big into to Marvel or anything, but would it be like, uh, like that's like Iron Man and Hulk, and, or is is that Marvel? No, it, yeah, well, it's the Fantastic Four. Oh, Fantastic Four is oh, the Fantastic. Uh, Stan Lee set the Fantastic Four. Maybe I didn't have that question written correctly, but the Fantastic <laughs> Four were were uh, were were uh, made to be in Stockton or were set in Stockton. Okay. Okay, you stayed in, uh, in uh, LSU. Did you ever eat alligator? Yes, I did. It was delicious. That was like that was like one of my favorite foods. There. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what was okay? So, what was the strangest thing that you ate when you were in uh, in at LSU? Um, probably the strangest thing was probably to me frog legs. Probably, <laughs> but I liked alligator. It was, I don't know if it was what it was called. I think it was like just alligator soup. Okay. Or something like that, or jambalaya with alligator in it, something like that. It was that was so delicious. I don't know why I, I love that so much, but it was at a just a random tailgate that I got it. <laughs> okay, shift or no shift? I don't care. You shift on me, I find a way. Okay. Auto strike zone or no auto strike zone? No auto strike zone, no chance. Nice. Uh, who would play you in a movie? <laughs> That's yeah. so funny you had that question. We, I was talking about that the other day. I have no idea. We couldn't figure it out. Someone said that uh, Lip from Shameless. Do you know that show? Dude, I, <laughs> oh, dude, 
That's the guy. That's I mean, I think you're better looking at him. He has kind of a weird face, but no lip. That's what I that's what I said. I was like, lip really? But I guess that works. Okay, what's your uh what's your walk-up song? My walk-up song last year was Doing Time by Sublime in Lake Elsinore. And then it was California Love by Tupac in uh, Fort Wayne. Okay. Messiest roommate. Messiest roommate. <laughs> Malone, Tyler Malone. Uh, I'm Malone. Of that list. <laughs> Sorry, Malone. Uh, I mean, my other roommates were not messy. Like Allercone, Kelvin Allercone, clean. Tierso, clean. They're, they were not really? messy. Uh, yes. That's funny. Okay, descri- describe your perfect day. Perfect day. Um, wake up right before sunset. I mean, sunrise. Like, wake up right before the sun is rising. And go sit on the beach for a while while it's coming up. Probably take a dip for a little. And then uh, maybe probably uh, hang out on the beach for most of the day till lunch. Go get a, some fish tacos probably. And then go back to the beach and chill there for the rest of the day. <laughs> Just so chill. you're going to be – so are you, is that where you live now? Are you going to be living in Hawaii regardless of whatever happens? Uh, I think for a little while I will. At least in the off season, it's a good place to reset. But I don't know if you know this, but I do have a van that I live in in the mainland. Van life, really? Van life. So that life is so relaxing, and I feel like more people need to do it. Okay. I would just go to Santa Cruz. See, I could chill in Santa Cruz in the van all day, or I can go to Hawaii on the beach all day. <laughs> Hit up Michael Curry. When you get to spring training, find Michael Curry, him and his girl. They have a van. They did it last year, and I think they did it the year before. I already talked to him about it. Yeah. <laughs> He's the man. He, he said – he told me I should buy an RV. I should sell the van, buy an RV. And I'm like, uh, I think I like the van a little bit more, at <laughs> least for right now. Um, Bull Durham or Major League? Bull Durham or Major, major League. <laughs> ah. Nice. Nice. Well, hey, man, we really I really appreciate you coming on the podcast, man. This is what we do here. Uh, have a great off season, and uh, we'll 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 hit you up. You know, during the season, we don't really want to talk to guys; we want to keep you guys focused. But uh, we'd love to have you come on again and yeah. shoot the shoot the breeze. That sounds good to me, man. This is fun. Excellent. There'll be more crazy stories. Don't even worry. All right, we need more crazy stories. We love you know. We want to get anyone in trouble, but we love the fun stories, man. The more we, yeah. you know, the more the listeners get to know you guys, um, the, the better it is. Yeah, hundred percent. I get it. Hundred percent. Right, all right, talk to you later. Yep. West Coast.